This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I'm first a pastor, but I also am a farmer, and uh, um, I can't help it. You know, that's just how God reared me. You know, I was just raised that way. You know, no point trying to be something that you're not. Everything is a part of who you are, how God made you and created you, and the good works are there. I just love peace in the pasture. I mean, you know, Job said this. There's lots of scriptures about that kind of thing. And he said, I visit my pastures and there's nothing amiss. Have you ever visited your place of peace and some things would be amiss and you didn't have any peace in the pasture? And uh, many of you know what I'm talking about. You know, you showed up, you know, and uh, somebody had taken the liberty of putting that deep of a pile of files on your desk. Or you got there and the coffee machine was broke. God forbid you skipped, you know, the coffee shop knowing there'd be coffee at work but you know I mean now there ain't no peace and on and on and on it goes isn't that right you know you let the dog out the dog won't come in you know she won't go out because it's too cold then when she does go out the sun comes up now she won't come in you know and you're late I like peace in the pasture and, you know, the Lord reminded, this morning the Lord spoke. It's right in keeping in the line with uh, how the Spirit of God was ministering through uh, Pastor Sandy. I, I like pastoring. I, we're, we're shepherds, aren't we? I like, I like uh, operating in the grace of God. Well, the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said this. He said, there are, he said I'm going to put a stop to some things. That are not from me. Okay. You know. That's you know. That's something to pray about. So in praying about uh, that. Uh, during my, my time with him. And then you know at the. Uh, at the farm. Uh, I heard him say this. He said there are some voices and some choices. that are not from me that are uh, there's some voices there's some choices that have created some confusion and some chaos and uh, there's that which is self-willed and there's that which is God's willed how many of you would like God's will for your life how many of you know the chaos and confusion comes from that which is self-willed? How many of you know that there can be some voices and choices, and we're making choices out of voices? I, I particularly feel like that there's some things where relationships are concerned. Amen. But God's gonna, God said, I'm going to put a stop to some things. Think on things, see? You know, God's for people, but God's going to put a stop. See, immediately, if you just try to put this on top of someone, you know, it's some things. Amen. All right? Uh, that uh, we'll miss it if we're not careful where that is concerned. Now, here's the thing about a shepherd is that, and that's what we are. 
so that's what we do you know and God will share with the shepherd things that he will not necessarily uh, share with those that are not the shepherd the Bible says that your rod and your staff talking about the good shepherd your rod and your staff come from me well the staff is for the sheep but the rod is for those that are enemies of the sheep you carry both are you listening and and uh both of those those should be a comfort to us you you want to uh you you want pastors that pray for you that don't just pray for you you know just before we come up to speak on sunday morning i know none of this is in my notes but you know anyhow it'll do uh but that you know i mean we get up early in the morning for daylight and walk the fences you know pay attention to you know, uh, uh, pay attention if, if uh, you know, all, all the watchdogs are looking that way. They hear things you don't hear. They, they sense something is amiss or wrong. They, they're sounding the alarm where that's concerned. We pay attention to that. Amen. But eventually, you know, it all, it, it all comes to light. I want to pray a simple prayer. Will that be all right? It's a pastor's prayer. Amen. Because pastor, it's not just... just you know, coming and teaching messages on a Sunday or Wednesday or whenever, you know. Uh, um, it, it's a lot more involved than that, you know. We've been, we've been, God puts the responsibility on us, you know, to provide and protect, feed and lead the flock of God. And we take that seriously. We're not novices at it. We've been doing this a while. Amen. And so I don't get all worked up uh, about stuff. I'm not, you know, worked up about this. I'm simply going to pray a prayer. Father, every voice, every choice, everything that you said that you want to put a stop to, I speak to that right now, and I say, no man, no man, no man will eat fruit of that root again in this house forever in Jesus name amen I feel the Holy Ghost in that the authority doesn't mean you know uh, the devil you know I, I don't <laughs> God has reserved his shout to call his people out up and out he just has to wiggle a little finger and, and, uh, and look in the devil's direction that boy's gonna get don't take all that hollering and carrying on all of the time when it's real authority. And ability. Jesus said, I don't judge it until I'm bidden to judge. But when I do judge, it's because God told me to do it. And then there will be results of that. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, Pastor Sandy has corrected me more sometimes by just looking at me. You go, oh boy, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. That is not going to be good for you. Amen. All right. Boy, I like it when it's just clear and clear and clean. Amen. And there's peace. And you're going to experience peace. And we're going to talk about some joy today. Amen. We're talking uh, uh, Palm Sunday. It was the beginning of Holy Week. Most uh, Bibles and, and most... Uh, um, literature and it's a consensus across the board 
you know, that it was, uh, Palm Sunday was uh, the, the triumphal entry into uh, Jerusalem and the, uh, the events that surrounded, you know, Jesus uh, really culminating because on the cross, he said, it was on the cross, he said, it was on the cross that he made this statement, it is finished. Now, boy, I'll tell you, that's quite a statement, isn't it? But, but before that, uh, we find over here in uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, and I want to read uh, uh, at the Message Bible, the 21st and the 22nd verse says, Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples. Can the Lord make it clear to you and I? Should we expect as a disciple... Now, sometimes you have to go to the after party. You have to ask, what did you mean? You have to go to the Lord and say, what did you mean when you said that? That's the mark of a disciple. They're not just going to take it at a surface. They're going to search the Scripture. They're going to get in front of God. They're going to believe the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. And lead and guide us into all the truth that we need that's necessary. Because here he said this. Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. Submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious leaders. Be killed and then on the third day be raised up alive. He made it clear. I mean, he didn't hide anything. He said that to him. He said, because you're my friends, I'm going to tell you everything I'm doing. They couldn't comprehend it. And here's why Peter spoke up. Aren't you glad Peter speaks up? He's the guy that always says what we're all thinking, but he's just dumb enough to say it. <laughs> he ain't got much filter, do he? He... he I mean, he would not be a good pastor in most churches today because we're easily offended and... You know, not this church, thank God. But, you know, uh, there is a cupcake crowd. I wish you wouldn't say stuff like that, Pastor. You know, well, Peter was a pastor, and, you know, I... Anyway, let's, uh, let's move forward. <laughs> it says, Peter, Peter, boy, he took Jesus in hand, protesting. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I mean, they've been together, you know, three years. So, I mean, here we are down to the wire. And it says, he just, you know, I'm sure Peter went right over there. Come here. What are you talking about? Impossible. This is not going to happen. This can't be. This isn't how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to, you know, like we thought you were going to. We've been arguing all this time about who's going to, you know, who's going to be the greatest. And honestly, I'm in the running. I know. <laughs> he said, but now listen, Jesus didn't swerve. I'll tell you where God's purpose is concerned, we need a little bit more backbone. And are you listening? Instead of being jellyfish for Jesus, we need to have some backbone in us where we don't swerve when we know it's the purpose of God. It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what it's gonna, what's required. It doesn't matter. We're in it. To win it, period. Oh, I wish I had some more uh, of that in my own life. Amen. I'll tell you, God put me with a woman. If you ain't got a backbone, honey, you're just going to be a rug. 
Hallelujah. She go, why do you fight me so much? I'm going, fight you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord knows what you need. Isn't that right? Some of you are, have misinterpreted, you know, you, you've, got a, you've got a sparring partner to get you in shape. So that you can turn, are you listening? We were talking this week with her saying some things. I said, I'll tell you one thing. The devil would love for us to chase that little red rag he's, he's doing and focus on what the devil's doing. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do that. We are going to focus on what God has called us to do, what God is saying. I, you know, the devil be, he already is deed. You know, you can fill in the blanks where that is concerned. But I'm not going to fall for that. We used to do that. You know, why I want to holler at the devil, yelling at, spend all my time yelling at the devil. He, he is perverse enough where he gets his own jollies where that's concerned. Ignore him. Jesus ignoring what they're saying. She's dead. Don't bother him. Ignored it. Totally ignored it. Are you listening? Well, there's just some stuff I can't ignore. You know, when they say that to me, when they do that, I just can't ignore it. I can't ignore it. Hush. Are you listening? Hush. Grow up just a little bit. I know my tone. I'm trying. Lord, help me. Are you hearing? Well, COVID, hush. Well, racism, hush. Well, the economy, hush. Well, the Democrats, hush. Well, the Republicans, hush. You know what? Are you listening? Let's focus on him. Let's focus on Jesus and what he's doing. Now, he said to Peter this. This is a really important key for us. Can I teach a while? He said, you are not, you're looking at this from a merely human point of view. And you're not minding the things of God. You don't understand how God works. Is it important that we understand God's work, but that will run sometimes contrary to the way humans think? In anybody's understanding, a cross is cruel. It's, the, it's absolutely the cruelest way anybody could die. And anybody's thinking when there's an expectation, here's the king of kings. This is the guy that said, you are the Christ. And our picture of the Christ, be careful we don't condition, you know, God to what we thought, how we think it's going to be done, and how it's all going to turn out. Jesus is clearly, 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 he said, he made it clear. But here's, I mean, one of the main men. He said he was one of the main men. I'm Peter. I'm one of the main guys. Remember? You know John and them got their mom involved in it. You don't want a bunch of mama's boys, do you? Running this thing? Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Y'all watch The Chosen, you know? I rest my case. I mean, Peter thought, you know. Now, he had to be tempered in that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But he clearly was a leader. But he completely misunderstood this. How many of you have ever misunderstood what God was doing? I mean, especially the way that it was coming about. And my, my, my. I mean, Lord. 
Honestly? Well, perhaps we should pray because we need to get on with the message that was the beginning. Somebody goes, oh my God, I'm telling you, can you think he can get... I'm, I've seen some of you, you know, uh, we need to have a booking, bookie uh, uh, agent in here taking bets on when we're going to finish. Don't put me in a corner now. No, you we'll get it done. <laughs> Father, we just think we need the help of the Holy Spirit here today. Lord, we didn't come to play. We came to go to work. We came to let you have a word with us so you can have a work in there, in our lives and through our lives. And for that, we give you all the praise and the glory. We're hungry to know you. But this is faith, just to know you, to know who you really are. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Indeed, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18, and I'll read that uh, for us. The cross, the message of the cross, and that's the title of the message today, is foolishness. The Bible says sheer silliness to those that are hell-bent Everybody say hell-bent on destruction. What is the worst kind of destruction? To be separated from God and to stay separated from God and that be our eternal destiny. Hmm? I, I'm, I'm leery. I'm very uh, 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 almost to the because of the fear and honor and respect for the Lord. I am fearful the same way I don't want, I don't want to touch a high voltage wire I don't want to put my hand through a flame and all of that I have an honest genuine respect are you listening I'm fearful towards uh, any kind of separating myself from God being separated from church being separated from the family the the tendency to isolate and to go it all by myself I know this is going to fly in the face of where we're at in things today much of the church see need a, a restoration of the holy fear of God the awe of God that, that, that simply says if God said it it's true it will happen just like that he will not be mocked what we sow we will reap and not in a, a, a bad way I'm not sowing to the flesh I'm fearful of my flesh I'm fearful to give it a half an inch. You know, I mean, Lord have mercy. Walk by the Snickers bar at the Piggly Wiggly checkout. And, you know, they put it right there. So I'm, 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 here I am, you know, checking out the, you know, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the good stuff. And you look over there and the devil goes, oh, you know, uh, well, there's the good stuff right there. But, you know, one little bite of sugar leads to, uh, oh, you, you know, it... Anyhow, not maybe not for you, it don't matter, but for me, you know, uh, I, I, you have to practice some things. You have to deny the flesh. And flesh will rise up. What, what's happening with Peter here? It, flesh is rising up. The natural man, the way that we think naturally, just like, oh, you know, 
It'll fly in the face of spiritual things. And you know the cross, and there's a lot that can be said with the cross, but the message of the cross, Jesus and Him crucified, seems like sheer silliness. It is foolishness. Listen to people to not pay any attention to that. I remember this in coming to the Lord. It's like, what in the world does a man dying on a cross 2,000 years ago have to do with me? I'm just trying to earn a living, take care of my family. I'm just trying to, you know, make it in this world, so to speak. You know, survive. I would like to thrive, but it's like, but I'll tell you something. God planted somebody, are you listening, with the message of the cross that was more than just words. They were living it. He planted. I look at the cross like a sword. I mean, God just stuck it in the middle of time and eternity and said, There, Jesus Finishing this thing. Jesus, this separates the old from the new. This separates and makes a dividing line in life and in humanity. There's those that will be before their life before Christ, and then there will be those who choose the cross. Jesus and Him crucified have some understanding of that because if Jesus is not crucified, He could never be raised from the dead. If He didn't die and pay the penalty, He could never be raised from the dead. If He's never raised from the dead next Sunday, then we are still dead in our own sins. With no hope. I refuse to believe. Maybe there is, quote, in this situation, no remedy, no cure. Are you hearing? But there's never no hope because there's a cross. There's never no hope because there's a crucified Christ. But we're not going to leave him there, but he had to go there. Because that was where it was finished. But it says to those of us who believe, believing is a decision. When I went to the little church on a red dirt road with red carpet and, you know, and, and pews and, the, you know, all of the... I thank God they had the message of the cross. They told me about a Jesus who died. They told me about a Jesus who loved me. They told me I was going to hell. Yes, they said you're going to hell where the worm dies not and the fire's not quenched. Try to say it like they said it. Quenched. You mean quenched? No, quenched. <laughs> that didn't bother me. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was living in hell. I knew I was headed for hell. Give me the good news of the gospel. That Did something interrupt that? What can I do about that? Are you hearing? Is there a different, is there a way out? I thank God they preach Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And everybody else, every man and every devil was a liar. Glory to God. And I believed it. I made a decision. I didn't have a funky feeling. I didn't have to have goosey bumps. I didn't know what a goose bump was except, you know, I come from the north, 30 below zero with the wind blowing. You'll get a goose bump, son. I didn't have a goosebump. All I knew is, you know, you know, I remember saying I have a conversation. She said, I said, well, according to them, we're going to hell. And uh, she goes, we're good people. We're Americans for God's sake. I said, I know, but apparently that don't qualify you. Apparently, Americans can go to hell too. Oh, boy, I'm on dry. I'm on, smell that? That's roasted holy cow right there. That 
burning, smelling, stinking flesh stuff, you know. Well, I'm a good person. Apparently, good don't get it. Apparently, God didn't come to make bad men good. God came to make dead men live. Hallelujah. I know I'm on my way to dying. Show me how to live. Tell me. And Jesus, here he is. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Declared that bowling just before he went to die. And pay the price and finish this thing once and for all. Oh, I'm getting excited. I haven't even got down where the good stuff is. But, you know, we could stop right there. But to those who believe it is the power of God. This is the way God works. This is the salvation by the way of the cross. And Christ on the cross. Oh, Paul said it this. He goes, I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. Everybody say Jesus. I'll tell you what now. I'm not going to back down from there is no other way. I know we need to be inclusive today. I know that we need to be respectful today. I know all that kind of stuff. Because the devil would love for you to just be confused and in chaos over, you know, well, there are many ways. No, there are not many ways. Somehow the urgency of that has been lost. Somehow the urgency... You know, we, we're just, oh, it's just another Easter. It's just another day. It's just another Sunday. No, it's not. Jesus is coming back. The same Jesus is, who died on a cross, who rose again from the grave, who spent time, 50 days visiting, personally inviting people to join him in his work, then was lifted up and carried to heaven. He's coming back. And he's coming back sooner than any of us think. Even the most elect, the Bible says, could be fooled during the last days. Fool lulled to sleep. What? I mean, the church needs to, needs to hear the alarm. Somebody needs to raise their voice. It's urgent. This is an emergency. People tip off over into hell every day. We just need another program. What we need to do, we need to get some smoke. We need to have some mirrors. We need to have a party. We need to do this. We need to do this. We need to lift our voice. We need to have an urgency in our heart that's in the heart of God. He said, get ready, get ready, get ready. Run through the camp and get ready. The third day you're going to cross over. It's been 2,000 years. And God's ready for a harvest. And their harvest is ripe all around us. And if there's no urgency in you and I, there'll be no urgency in them. If we don't go to work on Sunday worrying about the cappuccino machine and whether somebody messed up my desk or somebody did do this or somebody didn't do that, realizing they're all around me and they're going, they, I'm not guaranteed to see them tomorrow. This might be the only time. I thank God. I thank God. I remember working at Buckhannon Lumber Company and a young boy was there. And oh God. And I talked to him about the Lord Jesus. Because I felt like that I'm in Christian Life Church. I'm going to Bible school and all that. But you know, I'm on the job. And, and these are souls. These are boys just like me. The cussing, cursing, just a, you know, cussing, fussing crowd. Just work a day, Joe's old, you know, struggling. 
mad. <laughs> and there was this, yeah, just drawn to him. I was drawn to him, and, and the Holy Spirit had him drawn to me. And we'd have times that we could visit, just little snippets of time, because he worked over here, but, but our paths crossed. And I thank God, God began to, God began to, just talk to him. Talk to him about Jesus. I'll go, God, you know, I mean, I'm on the job. I just got here. I don't want to make any waves. I mean, you know, I'm in Bible school. I'm going to church. Isn't that enough? I give my tithes, you know. I mean, what's he going to think? And so I idle up beside him. And every chance I got, I, I, I invite him to church. You know, that's a good thing, you know. Come to church. You know, they'll tell you the good news of the gospel. It's like, you know, he ain't coming to church. You, the church has to come to him. And so I, 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 I Pastor, you done left your notes. Yeah. We've been taking notes for years. Might be time to leave the notebook behind. Take what? The living letter that's on the inside of you. Somebody needs to hear me today. And you know, one day I went in there. I talked to him, and he, he told me, my grandmama. I said, somebody praying for you, ain't they, son? He goes, well, I got a grandmama. She invites me to church. Sometimes I go with her. And sometimes I go with her, and sometimes I, meaning most times he didn't, but she was praying for him. Oh, there are people. Jesus is praying for them. If he can just find somebody that will listen to him. Not inviting me. I didn't have a long time with him. I didn't have very much time at all. Maybe inside of a... I think it was right before Thanksgiving. I started work there. Didn't get over onto that yard... Uh, it was over in the Maxwell, air, at the end of the Air Force Base runway there. Maybe six weeks. We were doing a project over there. and You know, God sets us in a place for people. People for your life. This is what Jesus was believing for. People for his life. And I came in one day, ordinary day, just like any other day, you know, where it's just right before Thanksgiving, we're all going to get turkey, you know, maybe a bonus, and we are all got plans. And, you know, that was back in the day when we had to have the turkey, and we needed the bonus or there wasn't going to be no Thanksgiving. Amen. You know, there's still people that are in that place. And uh, uh, about what... Maybe after lunchtime, all of a sudden, uh, someone come around and said, Come quick, there's a man. He's hung up in the stacker. I won't go into all the details, but my boss went running. He hollered to me, roll up the torches. He said, bring them. And so I rolled them up as quick as I could and ran across the yard, dragging a big old heavy uh, torch wagon and... Uh, got there and they were just pulling that young man out of the stocking machine and it just 
innocent, didn't know, just off the street, never probably been around machinery, no training, and all of that made him easily could have been made by anybody a mistake and, and got trapped and caught. Broke his neck instantly. They pulled him out of there, laid him out on the ground. And I remember thinking, God, God, he's gone. He's in forever. I don't know if he had time to accept you or not. I don't know. And I'll tell you, I sure am glad I talked to him. I sure am glad that when God pulled on my heart and said, talk to him, 18 years old, that stuff's not supposed to happen. It's a bad world and a bad devil and a... And we need to not be just thinking about the things of God the way we think about them. We need to be thinking the way that God works and what He does. And that you may be the only one. You may be the last one. You may be the answer to somebody else's prayers. I got one here, Mitch. I'm just not using it. Thank you. See, here I came prepared. My wife laid down a hanky. I didn't know I'd be bawling today. I've, I've got... You know, man, this is a joyful message. <laughs> God's merciful. Oh, I pray, I pray. I pray that in the last moments when we know that the last words somebody said to us about Jesus. Are you listening? That in those last moments that we have an opportunity to say, Lord, I, I need you. I'm so glad that Jesus finished it on the cross. But you know, he told us to get up every day and that we need to carry our cross. Now, why would that be? It would be so that we would be mindful of what he did because there's coming a time not very long from now when it is finished. It is finished. This time of grace. This place and space that God has created for us to the only thing that you cannot do in heaven that you that you can do here is tell somebody is let them read the living epistle you're the love letter you're the love letter if you love God let him love people through you love them enough to open up your mouth to, to are you listening and not just listen wait until you get there Talk to God about men. Talk to God about those ones that are on that job. The worst one first. Talk to God about them. And there'll come an opportunity. You will find that place, that opening, that feel along their heart every time that you're with them. You'll find a crack, and that crack will let God in. Light can shine in there if you'll let your light shine. I don't want to just come and, and preach another message. I don't want to just come and, and hear another. I don't want to just come and do church like we are, like we do. There is an urgency. It's in the heart of God. I say, God, put it in mine. No wonder Paul said, I, 
He said, I, I, I will come to you weeping and in weakness and begging and pleading with you. And yet we celebrate. And he, he said that. He goes, here they come and they got great and glorious profundities and wonderful language and all of the programs and all of the pomp and circumstance. And he said, I didn't come that way. I didn't come that way. He said, I came out of a sense of emergency. I almost missed it myself, and now I'm going to dedicate my whole life everywhere I go and everyone I see. I've got to tell them about this Jesus. The one who died was crucified. And the one who's coming. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.